Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. I don't even know whose turn it is to say this. I don't either, because I'm just trying to keep my shit together. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. I Um, think it's my turn. Okay, yeah. This is a podcast. This is a podcast, guys. You're listening to a podcast. I hope you know that. You opened the podcast (laughs) app or whatever. And uh, we're here to talk about feminism, or for feminism, we're here to talk about the world (laughs) through our own personal feminist perspectives. With that being said, we are not experts. We haven't gotten any degrees in this kind of stuff. These are things that Keegan and I are both very passionate about and love to talk about and want to have a place to chat with a wonderful group of people. That's right. Um, And that would be you all. So we are having audio issues, if you can't tell. We have just spent the last, like, hour trying to figure out what is going on. And I have about an hour to record. Yeah, so we are going to hammer this out right now. Hammer it. So today, we went to the March uh, for Our Lives event in L.A. Fantastic. Um, It was fantastic. We can chat a little bit more about that before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. But do you, Madigan, want to get started on today's topic? Yeah, we're going to talk about the fourth wave. Yeah, final which, wave. I mean, we're we're living it. Well, hopefully not the final wave. Like current wave, the Fa- current current final wave that we are in. Present wave. Presently, <laughs> current presently wave. Dude, I'm actually kind of pissed off that we spent that much time doing that. And right? Are you fucking kidding me? Like, and my my hot toddy is like lukewarm right now. Oh, it's a lukewarm toddy. Yeah, it's just like a slap in the face. Aw, a slap in the face toddy. Um, well, I've already gone through definitely a full glass of wine. Yeah, it's been a day. It's, it's been dude, a long day. Dude, my fucking dog was sick. I had to take her to the vet. That cut into our recording time. Yeah, it's been an interesting one. Guys, life. But we are going to probably not do as as long an episode or as, like, in-depth as we have done, just because, I mean, we're all here. We're all living it. And the fourth wave, while it has some markers that make it very unique from the third wave, it is also similar to the third wave in in a lot of ways. And it's all things, too, that, you know, are things that you all are experiencing right now, which I think is part of the fun thing, that Mm -hmm. you can listen to this and fully appreciate what we're talking about mm-hmm. because you're experiencing it along with us at the same time. Yeah. So let's dig in, shall yeah. we? So what I have here, or like what I found whenever I was doing like a little bit of research about it, and not that I really need to dive That's in. That's the thing, is like this is probably the least amount of research I've ever done. I actually did a lot. I read a lot of articles on the fourth wave, you know, but well, of course that makes one of us. Of course it's also <laughs> like just, you know, life-based. Yeah. But I think most notable... What sets apart the fourth wave and all other waves before it would be social media. Yep. I'd say it's social media feminism. Yep, definitely. And, and not in a bad way, you nope, know? but a lot of people like to say it is. Yeah, but but why would it be? Because it's yeah. bringing... I mean, well, honestly... you know, the thing is, is, and there was a sign today at the March 2 that said, like, don't just tweet about it, do something about mm-hmm. it. And I think that's a lot of people's 
um, criticism about it. Right, the hashtag activism. Right, and then they feel like they've done that so they don't really have to do anything else. And I've totally fallen victim of of things like that in the past where I've had to really be like, no, this isn't the only thing that I should be doing. All right, like doing more. You shared that article, so you've done your good deed for the day or whatever. Right, which while I do think it's good to share those articles on Facebook or to retweet things or to use hashtags on Instagram because it that's your audience. That's your viewership Mm -hmm. of people who you can affect in one way or another, whether or not that changes who they are or not, or their viewpoints, they've still read it or they've still seen it. And that's, that's progress. Yeah. I think it's really important for visibility um, that, that we do that. That's for sure. But I mean, as we talked about in the women's March episode, it is so much more than just showing up because something is Instagram worthy or Facebook worthy. And you want to say like, hashtag Women's March 2018, you know, like you actually need to um, affect change in other ways. But I also think that social media has made it so much easier to communicate information like how to contact your representative, Uh stuff that you probably like couldn't figure out before. Yeah, that you wouldn't even think of. Yeah, you know. And you could figure out, but it would have been a lot more difficult to do so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that's one of those things where it's like, even if you're not meaning for things to reach you and affect you, they still do. Like, you're still seeing it, Mm -hmm. and there's some, through osmosis or something, you're, like, still receiving that information. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and you are receiving information that you probably wouldn't be receiving in your day-to-day life. Like, not everybody has a trans friend, or not everybody has a a friend that's an immigrant, you know, and so your eyes might not be open to these issues or things that they go through. And why would you search it out if you don't even know what you're looking for? Yeah, or, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, I just don't think that it's as present or you can't close your eyes to something that is in your face yeah you know all yeah, of the time you can't, you can't ignore it yeah so I think that social media for me in my journey as like a feminist and as a person uh-huh. has actually been super super helpful Same. for me definitely. so um it's a tool it's a uh-huh. tool like you definitely need to do other things you need to um be active in action in other ways but mm-hmm. it is also a great tool and your Wikipedia gal, Madigan, is here to give you uh, a little little snippet from, from Wiki here. It says, issues that the fourth wave feminists focus on include street and workplace harassment, campus sexual assault and rape culture, scandals involving the harassment, abuse, and murder of women and girls have galvanized the movement. That was a word I was scared to say just now. <laughs> Holy shit. These have included the 2012 Delhi gang rape. I'm probably saying that wrong. My apologies. Delhi. Tel- Delhi? Okay, Delhi gang rape. Thank you, Keegan. 2012 Jimmy Seville allegations again Savile. Savile. Jimmy Savile, oh my yes. God, my life. Bill Cosby, I can say that name. Allegations. 2014, uh, again, Ela Vista Killings. Because oh, I, I don't know that one. Uh, 2016 trial of Gian Gomeshi, mm-hmm. 2017 Harvey Weinstein allegations, and the subsequent Weinstein effect, which is, I love that we're calling it that. I the Weinstein effect, that. yeah. And the 2017 Westminster sexual scandals. Yeah, so it's basically being like, we're not, we're going to call you on your shit. Yeah, like, you it's know. definitely a, a very, like, 
I don't want to say I don't want to say it's more aggressive than the other waves have been necessarily, but I feel like this is the time where during the other waves we were focused on so many things and we talked about in the third wave how there was such a broad spectrum of things that we were focusing on where I feel like especially within the last 6 months mm-hmm. uh sexual violence mm-hmm. and now gun violence has become really yeah. uh, a fe- a feminist main focus and I yeah. think sexual violence especially for a longer period of time has been something that we are calling out and saying no this is it we're done talking about this we're done arguing it things need to change yeah. now and i think also i mean probably as a result once again of of social media and and things like that i think it's also a hallmark of the fourth wave is immediacy yes so you have the power now as soon as something happens to go straight to twitter like i mean we saw it with the golden globes you know uh-huh. after whenever james franco wore his time's up pin yep. and immediately she didn't have to find a news outlet uh-uh. she didn't have to contact she got on anybody and I immediately found right her. she got on twitter and immediately was like uh-uh you you're given the voice in social media to be your own advocate exactly you know so i think we and then it spreads like wildfire yeah look at emma gonzalez oh my Mm -hmm. god she is like my celebrity crush my god like she yeah i saw her today went amazing huge oh my gosh she like went from being a florida student person that you know her friends knew and her community probably was aware of to like nationally probably in some ways globally known right well and not to say that that wouldn't have happened before the internet because you know we did have a video of her her speech went it went viral viral. yeah like we we had a 24-hour news cycle before Mm -hmm. but it wasn't the same as you couldn't share it right show everybody you know yeah you couldn't watch it 50 times every second across the globe you know so I, I think that that's a, a, a huge part of it. I, I think that, and I think that that of it, like that part of it, <laughs> Madigan's pouring wine. Shut up. Um, no, I, I love it, dude. I love no, it. No, I'm like, fuck, I can't get drunk for another word. It's been a day. It's been a fucking day, um, guys. Over it. So I think that that whole thing with social media is going to come up. I don't know that we need to say it every single time, we, but it is, whether we say it or not, it plays into every other part Everything. of of what has made the fourth yeah. wave the fourth wave. Isn't that fantastic, though? I just thinking about how my life has changed through social media for mm-hmm. the better. I personally have never experienced any real cyberbullying because I was kind of old enough to be like, that doesn't affect me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you and I were kind of... Because we spent our early childhoods with no social media. We're right. in a very weird like basket mm-hmm. of like having spent part of our childhood yeah our, and then like high school high school being obsessed with myspace yeah yeah i learned some serious coding i did too MySpace. isn't that funny I was and then, fucking good and then we threw it all away well, i'm like now i don't fucking know yeah we threw is. it all the way to facebook and um, but i just think of the i wouldn't i never would have learned a lot of the things that i know if it wasn't for social it media it gives you the freedom to teach and, and the internet in general like yeah google google it you know like it gives you the freedom to teach yourself yeah. to educate yourself without yeah. having to be a burden on marginalized groups to make yeah. them educate you about their oppression you can now do your own homework yeah you i know was, i was listening to this podcast this it's not a new podcast. New podcast to me called True Crime Obsessed, and I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm obsessed, obsessed with, with it. I love, <laughs> I fucking love it. Shout out to them. And they were talking about, uh, oh, I was listening to. 
fuck, what's it called? The woman that was never there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The and, woman who wasn't there. Thank you. And they're talking about the woman who claims to be a 9-11 survivor and wasn't. And it was this whole thing or whatever. And they were talking about Very how, Very good like, documentary. You should watch it if you haven't seen it. I want to see it now. That's what's great about it. You listen to it and you're like, oh my god, I need to watch that documentary. But they kind of give you, like, a step inside of it. And then you can go watch it for yourself and be like, oh my god, totally what yeah, they said. Yeah, definitely should. So good. And so... I was just amazed because they were talking about this was like the early 2000s when this woman like made it big, but like nobody like Googling things mm-hmm. wasn't as much of like a oh, thing. Oh yeah, today that, today you could disprove something like that so quickly. Oh yeah, well there's, there was this guy who was like, this is weird and was able to like dig and find information about her that, that could prove that she wasn't there, mm-hmm. but he just kind of kept his mouth shut because if he had said anything, then people would be like, no, like, how dare you, like, say that Well, I mean, and like- that is actually something that we still see even with the internet, like, right. with people being like, I have cancer, and people being like, I, I know, well, especially... catfish. <laughs> like... Well, yeah, yeah, people people are catfished all the time. It's yeah. still difficult, but, I mean, you can But you watch can the- fact check a yeah, little bit Yeah, you more. can watch the show Catfish, and, like, now everybody knows, like, oh, you can reverse image search that if Definitely. you have questions about that or Definitely. whatever. Definitely, yeah, and you, can, and you can Google somebody's name and learn so much about them. You know, it doesn't take that much. And that's what's great is that you can see one video, put in that person's name in Google, and you can, you know, like if I saw the Emma Gonzalez video and I'm like, Mm -hmm. fucking love this girl, put her name in, see all the Find her on Instagram, follow her on Instagram. Yeah, I just requested to follow her Mm -hmm. on Instagram. So, yeah, I think that that can be said that this is going to permeate, this is something that's going to permeate throughout every single, yeah. uh, you know, issue or, yeah. or hallmark of the fourth wave. And so many freaking baby boomers are like, social media, man. Well, okay. <sighs> With that said, while I don't think that I was ever cyberbullied, not really, um, I got into, like, AOL chat room fights and right. stuff like that, but I don't think I was ever cyberbullied. I do understand the negative effects of social media. Oh, and definitely. I think we could have an entire episode about Instagram in particular and how and and how having this like Instagram perfect life is yeah. unattainable oh, no. and that bad shit for your mental me health. Up. And I think that there's a lot about social media that it isn't good. Right. But I don't um, like who it's coming from because it's the people that it's coming from that are like my they have parents' no idea. friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to show, like, I honestly feel like there's more competition with baby boomers on social media than there is with people our age. Well, I think it's person to person. I also think that, like, old, the older generation doesn't know how to work it the same way. So they're True. not, like, they're not sharing but, things in the same way. But yet, I'm like, I go on Facebook and I see this girl post something and her boyfriend post a comment. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're breaking up. It, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. they, they, I, I think it's person to person though, because I do know a lot of people, like young people our age, who try to make their lives look as perfect. No, as possible, definitely. You know? I'm not saying that young people don't do that. I think that. Well, I think that that's what it is. I think that that's what it's for in a lot of ways. It's like a yeah. highlight reel. Like you, yeah. You mostly share. I I do try to be honest and transparent with, if I'm going through a depressive episode. I do. I have in the past made posts that are like, look. I, you know, I'm fine, but I want you all to know, like, I, I'm okay. This is part of who I am. Like, yeah. my mental health is not always 100%, mm-hmm. and I want to be transparent about and that. And that's what's healthy, and that's what we need to see more of, because that's what makes social media beautiful. Yeah. Is being able to see somebody 
a friend of yours, even that you feel like, you know, so well, you see something and you learn more about them and you're like, oh my gosh, I did not know I could relate to this. Well, that's what makes them human. You know, if you only share the good things, I mean, I'm not saying get on and vent and overshare and I, there's a line with that too, where I'm just like, that's not healthy either. Yeah. You know, but also just be honest. Like if you, if you share things and you're like, my life looks perfect all the time. No one's life is perfect all the time. Um, anyway, we could have an entire and probably should have a whole episode about just social media and it's a on our generation um but getting back to the fourth wave another hallmark of the fourth wave is and this is something while you know i have a great love for third wave feminism a lot of people there was a big complaint during the third wave that the third wave relied a lot on misandry which is the opposite of uh, misogyny which is basically hating men yeah you know and being really hateful towards men and true or false that that was the kind of like stereotype of the third wave feminist uh-huh. and which um, i think carried over for a lot of people i think well i think that that's why people thought that feminism was such a dirty word yeah but in the yeah. fourth wave what you see is kind of doing away with misandry or the idea of misandry and really trying to include men in yeah. in the feminist and movement. Yeah, you know, the whole, like, let boys cry for me is a big, yeah. like, phrase that pops yeah. into my and head. And totally realizing that feminism is for everyone, it's for yes. men, it's for women, and we saw in the fourth wave a lot of men identifying themselves as well, feminists. Well, the fourth wave brought us he for she, which is what yeah. Emma Watson yeah. started. And I worked for a woman who is one of the members of he for she, and mm-hmm. got, I got like, she was like, oh, I got pins, here's a pin. And I wore it home and Chris was like what's that and I told him I was like oh it's a he for she pen he goes I'm a he for she yeah I totally... why don't I have that pen and so that gave him a platform right to start learning how can I better support the, not only the women in my life but women in general how can I be an ally yeah yeah that and and you know you're gonna see also this theme of allyship yep. totally like come into its own in the fourth yeah. wave well and another big thing with the fourth wave was the acknowledgement of ableism ableism Ableism, ageism, you know, I I think all of these things, and again, I think it's social media visibility Mm -hmm. has allowed us to, like, oh, it's not just men and women, or it's not just black and white, or it's not just gay or straight. It touches so many alleys, Everyone, everyone has their own, like, they, they could be a lesbian who's a woman who's... 55 and is facing age discrimination and she's black and she's facing race discrimination and she's, you know, gender fluid and she's facing discrimination in that way. We realized the complexity of human beings. I think so much more. We we do realize that now so much more than we have in the past. So I think that, and you know, I think that that really kind of hits the nail on the head with what Uh the fourth wave is. It's like, we have recognized like gender fluidity in a way that we never have before and allowing people to kind of be who they want to be. Be who they want to be, and I think that that's or a big... be who they are. I mean, not yeah. even who they want to be, but, but who just they are, who they authentically are. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know, oh my God, we have a long way to go. But I of think, course. but I think it's amazing. You know, I've never felt so empowered to be able to speak my mind and want to make a change. And uh, I'm getting better and better at speaking up around my friends, and I'm getting better and better about you know, just being more knowledgeable about different people's mm-hmm. lives and questioning things rather than just blindly accepting yeah. them. Um, and asking questions yeah. of, from people who are different than me because, like, my only thing that I have... I'm a woman, but I'm white. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have... I'm straight. I don't have a lot of the more complex issues that other people do. So for me, I like to find people in my life that I can ask questions 
to where when I was younger, I was too scared to because I didn't want to offend anybody where I like now that I have this like open communication. And that's why I loved our hair episode because Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to ask you things that I've always wanted to know and then you can educate me. Yeah. And I would love to, and I know that this is something that we plan on doing. Obviously, we need to figure out all of our audio issues, and yeah. and there's a lot that we have to figure out. Before we can have um, guests on the show, we definitely need, we've got a lot of things we can hash out. So I know mm-hmm. we've gotten emails and requests to have guests on the show, and we... We have them lined up. Yeah, we want to. Uh, we just have things we have to figure out, but that's something that I really want to do because I don't want to tackle issues that have to do with other races or... Trans, uh, trans lives, trans lives, or you know, you know, people in people the LGBTQ dealing with a handicap community, without being able to talk to those people. I agree because I think that it's so important when it doesn't involve you to kind of shut up and listen. Exactly. And I was actually telling Bonnie, who Madigan and I went to the uh, march with today, as a friend of mine. Um, I was actually telling her when we were walking back to the car, I was like, it was a really interesting experience because. While gun violence affects everyone, and Mm -hmm. I think that we should definitely have marches that are like, you know, shooters go into movie theaters and they go into spaces where adults are all the time and mow Uh down lots of adults. That's not what this march was about. This march was about about the the students. And so it was interesting for me because marches that I usually go to, I go to marches for women and I go to marches for Black Lives Matter and I do things like that. But those are both groups that I am in and I'm yes. and I'm centered around. Oh yeah, this was purely us having to acknowledge that we need to take the back seat. Yeah, here. we need to shut up, listen to these students. Uh-huh. Talk. And how fucking amazing. Amazing were they? and powerful. Oh my god. It was it was honestly it was such a great experience to just mm-hmm. be able to be like, really, this isn't about me right now. Yeah. You know, and I can just sit back and listen to you tell me why you're afraid. Uh-huh. You know, because it's not as if we didn't grow up with the same culture. My school did go on lockdown. Yep, um, same. We had lockdown drills. Yeah. Well, I didn't have a drill. Like, they thought that there was a bomb in my school. Oh, we really? had a lockdown. Oh, yeah. no. We had lockdown drills because there was um, the middle school, there was a bomb threat. Uh, my school was weird. Uh, but I, all through high school, we had lockdown drills. Right. So, I mean, we grew up with it, but we didn't grow up with it the same way someone who was born in 1997 yeah. grew up with it because. Right. They literally, their entire lives are post-Columbine, well, that one, much. Yeah, that woman you know? who was kind of the, one of the organizers, mm-hmm. one of the head people who was speaking, she was saying, I was born, I'm 19, I was born a month before the Columbine shootings. Right. And so literally your whole life is post-mass shooting culture. around that at school. Yeah. yeah. And how sad is it? But also, like, look at what we've generated, these strong, amazing Mm -hmm. people. And, I mean, we're kind of talking about the march a little bit right now. Right, but actually, I I would like to take this opportunity because I think that that actually goes into the next part of of fourth wave feminism that I think differentiates it from third wave. Mm -hmm. Because in the third wave, we kind of saw not a pull away from, just less old school activism definitely and the fourth wave has seen a resurgence resurgence of old school activism marches protests rallies yes we're back because (laughs) we need human connection i honestly think that's such the root of it because like i felt like i could turn to anyone there today and especially when i was at the trump walk that was my first one yeah and i just felt like i could turn to anyone and just be like i feel you and 100 percent understand what you're feeling right now and i've never really felt that way before that that amount of people that i was surrounded by really felt as strongly as i did about things well and everyone's heart was so 
ripped open yeah. right then that I yeah. think everyone was really willing to be super vulnerable with each yeah. other. And even today, I felt very like connected connected to everybody and so we all have something in common it was interesting because it's like you know this isn't necessarily a strictly like liberal democratic thing a lot of this is also people who may come from the red party or different things like that like it was it was all different political backgrounds mm-hmm. and i was able i mean this to is california feel... so in general but it made me feel a sense of connection to the people that I wouldn't normally feel a connection to. Um, let's see. Well, I what I love about what's been happening in the recent days, as I was kind of doing my research, I didn't know that what we were calling this whole sexual assault moment mm-hmm. that we're having, they're calling it the Weinstein effect. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Well, I've never heard it called that. I like that. I mostly usually hear it called, like, the Me Too moment. Right. Well, they're saying that that's part of the Weinstein effect. So well, I think I, I think Weinstein definitely kicked it off. I mean, I think that there's always right. there's always a tipping point, right? Like, yes. For, for, like, sexual assault, it was Weinstein. Mm-hmm. For Black Lives Matter, it was Ferguson. Yep. For, for gun violence, it was Marjorie Stoneman. Douglas High School like it's there's there's always a tipping point gonna be that one moment yeah where we're just like enough we've had enough and like we need to do something now they're also referring to it as a global trend where people come forward to accuse famous and powerful men of sexual misconduct where I personally would say that it's more than that I wouldn't Um, call it a trend I don't like that the, the Wikipedia. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. Um, I know. What no, doing. I know. I'm just saying. But I feel that it's also more than just the entertainment industry. That I feel that you know, especially with the Me Too movement, which they say they say the subsequent Me Too movement encourages people to share their experiences of sexual harassment and assault. And the two events triggered a cascade of allegations that brought about swift removal of any man in positions of power in the United States, while tarnishing and ending political careers of additional men as it spread around the world. And it started. It, it has. It has. Spread Spread around the world, and I was learning more about the Westminster sexual scandals, and mm-hmm. it's it's slowly growing into this big mm-hmm. monster of a problem with such opportunity for solution that I love. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think while Weinstein is indisputably the was the Biggest tipping point oh yeah oh. But, i mean but that whole scandal was absolutely like the tipping point of, uh-huh. of people being f- feeling really free to say yeah like this guy in and this- to finally be heard and taken seriously yeah yeah because people have tried this shit for years and right. not taken seriously where finally people are like this is my moment well, where i need to say something well, yeah i mean that's exactly what i'm gonna say and i think that the reason why part of the reason why people took this so seriously is because not a couple of years before we had Bill Cosby uh-huh. where people were very hesitant, kind of tiptoed around it, didn't want to acknowledge it, admit it. They wanted to believe that it was not true. Uh-huh. And then a couple of years after that, we saw the accusations against Donald Trump and grab her by the pussy and all of that. And people still kind of wanting to be like, these women are liars. And I think 
it was finally when it yeah. got to Weinstein, people were just like, no more. Like yeah. we can't let this it's happen. It's crazy. Anymore. It's like I don't know what makes those tipping points, but I'm so glad that it finally happened. Yeah, I think it's just a boiling up of of the little things that happen, like not little, but you know, the things that happen like that. Yeah. And then the women's march and women feeling really empowered uh-huh. and then being like, that's it. Yeah, you know and what that I mean? was how what I was thinking today is I was like, my God, like Keegan Sign today had all the list of names from just the major shootings. Well, I mean, yeah, I couldn't and, fit them all. So I, oh, I no. put the lists, I put every person who died in Parkland, every person who died in Sandy Hook, every person who died in Virginia Tech, and every person who died in Columbine. And this filled, like, it was like she took a poster board and cut it in half, but like wrote pretty small and it filled it. Yeah, I'll post and a wrote never on forget. But it just made me think that it's like there's been so many. How amazing is it that we finally hit a point where it's not just like we're upset for a few days on social media and then we're over it, yeah. but where it's finally like people have been like, no, done. We're not doing this right. anymore. And I refuse. I think it's been building. I mean, I don't it's know what hits that tipping point as a nation. I don't know what makes us all oh, feel I think, it at the same time. I think what cha- what was different this time is that the survivors were like, Done. Yeah. Done not with this bullshit and angry. Well, and I think another part of it was not only were the survivors really done, but I think it was also that we've lost hope that anyone's going to do anything. Because I think yeah. that, because the, the parents at Sandy Hook, they did try to organize uh-huh. for action afterwards, but I think we all were naive still yeah. and thinking, okay, 26 year olds were shot and killed and there's no way the government can ignore this. Something can you is going to happen. That things were still like not changed after Sandy Hook. No, I mean that well, blows my mind. Exactly that. And I so I it's think like these are fucking kindergartners, with, guys. Exactly. And no. so I think with every mass shooting after that, and we still had this little bit of hope, like, okay, now they're gonna do something. Okay, now they're gonna do something. Yeah. I think when Parkland happened I think collectively as a nation, we went, we know they're not going to do anything. Yeah. And that's it. We can't do and it anymore. And this is where being angry is like the best, most beautiful thing in the world. It's motivation. It is. You know, you and I saw, because, you know, we went and we saw speakers here in LA. And then when I came home, I was like taking a nap and I heard Emma Gonzalez on C-SPAN. So I like woke up uh-huh. to, to watch her. And what you can see in her is... Of course, devastation, of course, trauma, but more than anything else, what you see is anger. Yep. Like, she's pissed. Yep. And, like, that is what's motivating her to to do what she's doing because sometimes I think anger can be the best motivator for change if yeah. you allow it to be. It can be a good propellant to yep. do something important. You know, don't take your anger and keep it in a little shell inside of you and be like, mm, I'm just going to be angry and bitter. Mm, or, no. don't, or don't let it push you the other direction because it yeah, absolutely can. It can. It definitely can. I think that I try to use those negative feelings as motivation as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I refuse to be defeated because I know that it doesn't end with me. Right. It will continue to go on. And I just want to touch briefly. Keegan has heard me talk about this little boy all day. The <laughs> little kid that I nanny for. My God. Precious. This boy. Mm-hmm. I just, last night, like, I almost started crying. I He came with me to get my poster board and markers. And I was working on the poster while he was watching a movie. And he's just the smartest fucking kid. He's mm-hmm. so smart. And he's like, what are you writing? 
And one side of my sign said crazy left-wing millennial. And he's like, I don't know what any of that means for crazy. So I kind of explained to him in the best way I could. And then on the other side, I had written guns are not healthy for children and other living things. And he wanted to know where I was going. And I told him a little bit about March for Our Lives and why I was going. And I told him that I'm marching so that his school is safer mm-hmm. so that, and also so that there's stricter gun laws. So it sounds easy for people to get guns and without prompting him or anything, he's like, Donald Trump is poopy. I'm like, fuck yeah. I can't <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was like, yes. And when his mom came home, she saw my poster and I was, you know, I was like, Oh, we learned a little bit about gun control rights today. And we were talking with him and I just looked at him and I was like, you're the change kid. Like I'm going to do the best I can. And your parents are going to do the best they can. But I'm like, it's your generation. That's going to be the ones that change the world. Right. Well, I mean, I think, and a sign that I saw from a girl who was Gen Z for sure, like the generation after us for sure. Um, and her sign said, uh, we're doing this. So the generation after us doesn't have to. Mm -hmm. So they're doing this so that hopefully his generation, this five-year-old is not going to have to do this. Yeah. You know, and I think every, it's, it's frustrated me a lot. So if you haven't noticed, we've pulled away from fourth wave. I think we made we hit the bullet points of it. We but did. But I think what we're talking about right now is it is so also fourth wave. these are fourth wave. Yeah. The, this is part of the fourth wave, you know. Um but something that has frustrated me so much is seeing older generations on Facebook belittle these kids mm-hmm. and treat them like call them what was it? Tra- tragedy actors or whatever? What well, yeah, crisis actors. Yeah, they've, fuck that. They've been called names. They've been... And Someone called Emma Gonzalez a skinhead? I was like, excuse me? A lesbian skinhead. Oh, yeah. I yeah. hope you're a lesbian girl. Fucking represent. Well, who who like, cares what she exactly. is? Exactly. Like, that's the thing. It doesn't It doesn't matter. No. You're she is like, a hurt human being. And you're using this as a derogatory term, which yeah. also just makes you look so yeah. stupid. Yeah. But, and I mean, and that was a, a public, that was somebody who was running for office, so that's even worse. Um, but yeah, these are... Why would he think that that would make him look any better? Well, Why but, would someone who's running for office call a child? Well, one, he's that, running, on a, he was running on a post. He's not anymore. Since his statements, a, like, 19-year-old girl um, filled out her paperwork, or 20 years young, filled out her paperwork to run against him. So yes, no longer, I wrote, I don't know that. He is no longer running unopposed. Love it. But, you know, I he, hope that 19-year-old wins. He says it because... Because I've been in the comment sections, he's not alone as far as being yeah. an old, an older generation person demeaning, belittling these children who have gone through trauma. I can't go to the and, comment sections. And treating them, well, sometimes I, I feel like I have to because I'm like, it's easy for me living here in Los Angeles to close myself off and yeah. believe that people don't really believe this way. Yeah. And sometimes I need to expose myself to people of different worldviews to know, oh, no, no, no. Like, they are out there, and they truly believe this. Yeah, and see, for me, it's, like, one of those things that I immediately hear it in my mind. I I don't even feel like I have to look it up. It's, like, every time I see something like that, my immediate reaction is, like, what every troll will say. Yeah, but I don't think... But, okay, but I don't think they're trolls. Like, that's, that's the thing. Well, that's, I think yeah. they believe it. Like, I think they truly believe these things. Like, that's... That's the thing. They see these walkouts and they say, all these kids should be suspended. Yeah. All these kids should be taught a lesson. If they'd only gone up and talked to that kid who was being bullied, then that that makes me 
furious. Yeah. That makes me so furious because you are putting the onus on these children to be responsible for the mental health of their classmates. For for the responsibility to not die, basically. Basically, you're victim blaming these kids by saying you didn't do enough. If you had only been nice to the shooter, then this would never have happened. And that's not true. It's not true. 100% not true. No. Yeah, it's not true. There's no guarantee. Yes, be nice to people. Don't go out of your way to be a dick. You know what I mean? Also, you can sense when something's wrong with somebody, and you shouldn't have to put yourself in a position to have to be uncomfortable. No, that's being safe. If you see something about somebody that you that makes you feel uncomfortable, it's not your responsibility to. It is your instinct to stay away from that person if you feel like they are unsafe. Uh huh. And. Nobody should tell you that you should have to be friends with somebody who makes you scared. No, and no one should tell you to be friends with anybody. You should be friends with who you want to be friends with. You know, don't be cruel. Don't be mean. But you also don't yeah. need to associate with them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just thought that that was the most ignorant. Thing. Yeah, because it makes them... it It's saying, oh, this shooting was your fault. You could have prevented this. Right. How fucked up is that? Yeah. Yeah, oh I agree. Um, but, okay, so we've talked, we've talked fourth way. We've talked... Gun violence. So let's chat a little bit about our experience today. A little bit more about our experience yes. today at the march. Let's do it. So I I had a great. T- I didn't look up the numbers. I was going to look up the numbers of how I, many people oh, were there. It's somewhere. Uh, keep, let's keep talking because I found it somewhere on Jezebel. I'll okay. It's uh. There were so many people at the LA march today. Yeah. I at was first shocked. though. We were like, okay, this doesn't look like much. But you and but we got there early, and uh-huh. LA marchers are never on time. No, so, this is LA. Because we're like, whatever, we'll sleep in. But So we got there early, so there weren't a lot of people there when we got there. But when we were leaving, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, like we could barely get through. Yeah, there's so many people here. It was such a fantastic experience. I wish we'd gotten to march for longer. Marched for like 10 minutes. Yeah, we marched from Pershing Square to City Hall, but it wasn't really very far. It was um, a very short march, but we spent the first hour listening to speakers, and they were all students, student speakers. uh, Yeah, they were either college students. Yeah, college or high school students, but all student speakers, and there were student performers, and people performed their own um, poetry and spoken word, and it was just so powerful and refreshing and just made my heart sing for it was so hard to tell keegan though like what your thoughts were because i kept like looking over at you and i couldn't tell what you were thinking no well it was mostly because the woman in front of me was pissing me off well i just kept like i i'm a very vocal person i really want to just be screaming at everything but then i was like feeling this vibe where i'm like is Keegan upset? Oh, no. I, wasn't, I was like, oh, God. I wasn't upset. I was annoyed with the woman in front of me because yeah. she was so entitled. She was so annoying. She was, like, yeah. I don't want to, like, like mar our talking about it with, like, talking about how annoying no, she was. No, of course But not. I will touch on it because... Because this is it. Because she was a middle-aged white woman uh-huh. who felt extremely entitled. Yeah. And the reason why she left, which, thank God, was because... She, um, a, a boy, like a um, Latino boy, walked through with a backpack and was uh-huh. just like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And he he was being assertive. Yeah. He, But to me, he wasn't being rude. He was just no, trying to get all. through. No. And he gets, th- she moves out of the way, he gets past her, and then he, she goes, be kind. To and, the boy? Mm-hmm, and he turns around and went, 
Miss, I'm not being unkind. I'm being assertive. Yes! Why didn't I see this? And he was probably in high school. Yes! And so then he turns around and walks back up (gasps) and walks up the stage. And then she spends the whole next time (laughs) talking to her husband going, "Um, I don't don't know. I don't feel safe. He went to the stage taking pictures of him because I think she thought he was going to do something. No! Why didn't I see any of this? And and that's why they left (gasps) is because she was like, I feel unsafe. I feel unsafe. I saw her marching, though. Yeah, no, she's she marched with us, but she let, got out of the crowd because she was like, I don't feel safe anymore. And she was taking Are pictures of him. Are you kidding me? So, so okay, if you saw I me... I that I have to ask this question. What was the race of this boy? He was Latino. He's Latino. That's right. Yeah. So she's being fucking racist. I mean, to me, I that, no, that's what that's I think. No, that's her for sure being racist. Because for sure. he wasn't being rude. He was she's being... thinking about her little white grandkids somewhere. Yeah. Instead he... of thinking about the greater picture. He was being assertive getting through. He wanted to get through. And he was being assertive. But to me, it wasn't rude. And, and Because so... it's not for us, yeah. guys. Yeah. So if you were looking at me and I looked, like, annoyed... It was almost definitely because the woman in front of me was doing something that was pissing me off. Yeah. Because like, yeah. throughout the whole thing, she was doing shit that was pissing me off. Yeah. And she kept, like, she had really big hair, which, look, uh-huh. girl, I relate. But she kept, like, moving back, uh-huh. like, into my space. Yeah. And, like, hitting me with her hair. And I'm like, look, I get it. We're cramped in here like sardines, but be aware of your space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. Definitely. So that's it. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't yeah. that I wasn't enjoying it. What I were some it. of your highlights? I want to hear. And then um, I'll share my highlights. My highlights, honestly, listening to the speakers while it was long and like, but like, what were some of the speakers to you that like? For me, I loved listening whenever all of the kids from Black Lives Matter came out. Oh yes. my gosh, there was like a whole family, I'm guessing, because they all shared the same last name. And um, an eight-year-old boy. Yes, like ranging from like 17 to like eight. Yeah. And then a couple of other young people from Black uh-huh. Lives Matter. And they all came out and, you know, either said some poems or like this 11-year-old girl did like a call-in re- response. Oh, and it was the most, it, oh, it was chilling. It, it was, was completely chilling. Beautiful. And she was probably, yeah, like 10 or 11. She was like 11, I think. And mm-hmm. when she, it started with, you know, she's like, you have to uh, call back back with the same tone so it started out when we were just talking and then it got a little louder and then she was you know like when you're yelling and you're like not supporting your voice yeah it was no i know but it was just that like i'm gonna do everything i can to make my voice heard i'm gonna make it as loud and it was just oh so beautiful yeah she was just an angel i definitely one of my highlights and then the woman who did the poem the woman who did the poem, who I put that on... You, we have that on our Instagram It's on our page. story, and then it's on my personal Instagram. I'm going to save it so we can maybe post it on our page. Yeah. Because if people don't see our Instagram story today, yeah, I don't Yeah, I, I wish I'd recorded the whole thing. I only, you I know, know, we only recorded it on the story, so it's yeah. only like 15 seconds. But, but I hope that, hopefully we can find some videos and, and attach mm-hmm. that. That would be great. I'm sure there's videos somewhere of it. Yeah. Uh, what about, oh, the songs we heard. Yeah, like, there were so many original songs that were... Gripping. Oh, beautiful. And so talented. These so talented. talented. Like, such great, you know, singer, musicians. Yeah. So that was really, really touching and moving. Oh, and just very raw. Like, there was no, you know, there's metaphor in there, of course, but it was very, like, point blank stories that they mm-hmm. were telling yeah. in their songs. Yeah. It wasn't like, let me sugarcoat this or like dumb this down. Or for drown you. it in metaphor. Exactly. Or it yeah. was just very to the point. Like there was the song about first the girl gets shot, what she feels, what she hears, and the boy gets shot, what he feels, what he hears. You know what I mean? And that to me was 
so be and like if I closed my eyes, I could like picture myself as being that person in her song mm-hmm. and like oh it just and like, her voice was just beautiful just stunning and, and then, then we had ray ray oh, our love. Machio. yeah yeah i was just like this kid was like 18 and i was feeling like i'm like oh god i'm 28 but i was like looking <laughs> at this kid and i was like if i was a teenage girl right now like that yeah. kid he had an earring he was exactly what i would have been like oh my yeah. gosh ray when i was like 18 he had yeah. like an earring and he had a leather jacket yeah he was still kind of awkward though like he, he dressed was. cool, but he was so kind of awkward. Yeah, and he, he was super cute. His is, voice which was is my amazing. jam. Like you know, yeah. like I, I like a little a little nerd who's yeah, also yeah, kind yeah. of like cool. And then you know? Jonas. Jonas, Jonas with the California flag as a cape on him. Yeah, he was... What a gem. He was just... He got out there and was just, like, loud, determined, yep. powerful. Like, well, because exactly. so many were, like... You know, there was the guy that, that spoke, and he had a lot of pauses, didn't speak as loud, which is fine, because I want their voices to be heard, too. And, like, I could hear other people talking. I'm like, shut up. Listen yeah. to this person. Maybe they're having a hard time. Like, listen to them. Yeah. But this kid... it's a scary thing to do. There's it a is lot scary. of people there. It is scary. But this kid came out and Guns he, a blazing. Oh, he had no care in the world what anybody thought of him. He was that kid in high school who you'd see with like the roller backpack running down the hallway <laughs> oh, with Jonas. his like with his like Pokemon card album in his arm. But you know what? That's a kid who knows who he is. Yes. He's unapologetic. I loved him. And this kid. I'm telling you, like, this kid's going to run for office. Jonas for president. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Jonas for president. Yeah. Me and I got just, Anthony's like, Jonas! And I'm like, Jonas! I'm like, yeah. He's uh, going to run for, he's going to run for office. He was, he was a boss. He was great. He was one of, he was definitely one of my highlights because he was so unapologetically himself. Yeah. Came out, guns a blazing, no pun intended. And I was just like, you, sir, know what's up. But I love, because, okay, March for Our Lives, um, the one in L.A., and I think also the one in D.C. is completely Mm student-led. And I love that the speakers that they got, they really did try to cover all their bases. So they didn't just cover you know, mass murders or mass shootings in schools. They also covered things like police violence uh-huh. and they covered things like black and brown kids being, uh-huh. you know, profiled. Oh, yeah. They covered, and this was probably who you were talking about who came out. I could, I could hear him um, a little bit, but he was very quiet, but you know, they had a, a boy there who had mental health problems uh-huh. and he came out to talk about how this oh, is not a mental health it, yeah. It's it's not just about mental health. Yeah. And most shooters are not mentally ill. And most mentally ill people are more likely to be the victims of violence uh-huh. than to be the, you know, perpetrators of violence. And so. I, did you hear that person yell, speak into the mic? Yeah, dude. He's doing the best. Like, that's the thing. I'm just like, these are kids. They're doing the best they can. Even if you can't hear them, if you hear the just crowd yelling, yell. Be there to, and just be there as support. Yep. Like, it's not about you. Nope. And that's the thing that um, they really did try is they they were like, this is about the kids. And this reminded me of the video that you put up or the gif that you put up of the Riot Girls. With like, yeah. man, be cool for once in your life and step back. Yeah. It's Adults, one of those be things. cool for once. Adults. Step back. It's yeah, not about this you. is not for you. Mm-mm. Yeah, and it made me feel, and that's why, because, you know, they were like, who are the student, students in the audience? Raise your hand, and everyone applauded, and they are like, who are the adult allies? And we raised our hands, but I was also it just kind of wrong. like, it felt wrong, because I'm just like, of course we turned out. Like, of yeah. course we turned out. We, we have our own cars. But, we have our own yeah. ways of getting here, yeah. You don't need to acknowledge that we're here. Like, right. It's know? great. It's great that we're here, but also it's, it's not, not for us, you know? No. And so I was just like, please don't, like, yes, we're here 
and I'm happy to be here, my hands up, but like, don't applaud yeah. us because it's yeah. just like, oh, but I'm sure there were still egotistical people in the audience who were like, who were like you, yes, I you. know, I do such good things. I'm so selfless. I know. I'm spending my Saturday morning here. I know. I, I could be sleeping and drinking mimosas at brunch, but I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it was just a really, really great experience. I uh-huh. really hope that a lot of you managed to make it out. It really warmed my heart because I saw that even in Springfield, Missouri, which is my you know hometown, mm-hmm. small city, very small city, and even they had a march for our mm-hmm. lives, and people were like posting it, and it, it's not a ton of people. It's not LA, yeah. but it still warmed my heart that they did it and that people turned out for it. Yeah, and you know I think that that's so important, and I hope that a lot of you were able to make it out to. Uh, um, cities around you to support this cause because I understand, and I'm going to say this here and I put it on my Facebook, but I am from Southern Missouri or I've lived a lot of places, but that's home to me. Yeah. And I understand gun culture. I, I truly do. I understand how it can be embedded in your culture as part of who you are as a region and who you are as a people and how you identify. I understand it. I yep. get it. I've shot guns for fun yeah. <laughs> before. I can't even do that. I, I have. Just, ooh, I have fear. Oh, I have. I, I, it's yeah. part, because when it's part of your culture, you don't have that fear. It's part of, you know, you yeah. learn gun safety and it's, it's part of your culture. Yeah. So I understand the appeal. Like, I get it. Yeah. I but get that, that it's personal to you. Right. But, but that doesn't take away your hobby. It should not be an exchange for children's lives. Absolutely not. I would, you know, I don't need to shoot another gun again for the rest of my life if it means that all the children, yep. in, you know, in our country can be safe. Exactly. So, Well, you just got me interested in looking up what Minnesota was up to. And they, they did have a, a march. They estimated 18,000 marchers, which is great. And it was in St. Paul, down to the Capitol. And I think it's great. There was this woman named Beth Stockinger, Stockinger, uh, who said, I'm a mental health provider. The excuse of it being just about mental health is so wrong. It's about access. And I think that's great. It is about access. And I think it's also something that really pisses me off about this mental health argument is you need to start looking at commonalities beyond mental health that these shooters have in common. And you know what? A lot of them are white. And They're a lot of them male. have guns. Well, they, they, well, they all have guns. But here's yeah. the thing: if you if you don't want to blame it on the gun, yeah, these are all white men who, a lot of times, are white supremacists mm-hmm. or racists mm-hmm. or hold other hateful views that are similar to that. So you're going to blame it on mental health. But I'm just like, why aren't we focusing in on the fact that a lot of these guys are white supremacists? Yeah. It has more to, and that's not a, that's not a mental disorder. Yeah. You know, racism is not a mental disorder. No. It is a way of being. It's just hatred. It's just hatred. You need to address anger and hatred in our boys and in our white youth. Like, that's what you need to address. Exactly. And I think it's great, too, there were Parkland students in Minnesota as well. I like that they were Yeah, they spread out. Spread out. I think that's amazing. Because we got a couple at ours, too. Yeah, seeing it and knowing they were there, like, I started crying. I just couldn't. And when I saw that Columbine survivor there... Yeah, and he sounds like he's got some 
drama. He couldn't even really say anything of real... But he's probably been talking about it for 19 years. Right. But also, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't think he can talk about it anymore. It's like, if you're constantly being asked to relive something so traumatic, and I was reading a bit about him afterwards, because I've had a big interest in Columbine. I found out that somebody that I knew years ago was a Columbine student during the time, and just hearing that name for me was very Mm -hmm. emotional because of just I mean and I'm not even directly affected it's the research I've done you know and he just seemed like one of those people that he didn't really sound as prepared he didn't really sound as eloquent he was not the other he was not terribly articulate now no yeah but I see that as a person who has felt so much pain he's in a wheelchair yeah this moment has changed his life indefinitely. Well, I th- yeah, I mean, and I think, and I don't mean this physically, although obviously, but I think he's damaged. And uh, I read... You can't dig into the horrible things because then you'd have to keep reliving well, it all the time. Well, and, you know, I had read about, um, when I was doing research on gun violence, you know, Columbine was an interesting case because it was so new. Uh-huh. For us, like uh-huh. like school shootings were such a new concept for us uh-huh. that I don't think we knew how to support our victims. No, we, we kind of threw them back into school, and a lot of people who were present at Columbine didn't even know they had PTSD yep. until years later. Yep, because the, they weren't the friend given... of mine wasn't eating disorder yeah. treatment. Yeah, they didn't. What they weren't. Know? They weren't given support yeah. like the kind of support that we now know you need to give victims. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't given that kind of no. support. So I think a lot of them are, are probably you know unless they sought support on their own are yeah. probably pretty, which a lot of people don't think to do. Yeah, so. yeah, but it was. It was very powerful and um, moving, and we are coming up on an hour here, so yep. we're probably going to wrap it up. Yeah, but we got to wrap this shit we up. We hope you had a wonderful Women's History Month. Yes, thanks, you guys. The last week. And I'm so excited to touch on some... Some new topics. N- yeah, yeah, like non-historical stuff. Yeah, I'm excited, too. It's yeah, gonna we're going to have some like more lighthearted stuff coming up. It's going to yeah, be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. So hopefully we get our audio issues taken care of. Ugh. Um. I think no. I'm going to have to pay for audio service because know. Audacity is upsetting me. Well, um, and I have to give a quick shout out to my good friend, Josh Crone. Oh, Josh. Who donated a microphone to me. I have to say, Ugh. Josh is like one of the nicest people I've ever, ever. met in my life. Ever. <laughs> like, like he, he is someone that I met when I was 18 years old, first started school, saw me from being a weird little kid doing her first student film. He did, like, my first student film, I think, ever was with him. Mm-hmm. To dating his horrible roommate mm-hmm. who ruined my life for a short period of time. To, like, supporting me now and having worked with you and being such an amazing yeah. friend. He worked it, with me at um, WB for a while. And, and not a while, but a, a little while. What an and angel. the first time I ever spent... <laughs> this We're just gushing about Josh Corner. It's Josh Corner. Um, <laughs> but, like, the first time I ever spent time... With Josh, we were at your ex-boyfriend's house, and 
he was where we drank a lot of absinthe. We did. And, it was nuts. And got and I was out on the couch and you know don't remember a lot because I was I drank a lot of absinthe. But what I do remember is Josh was so concerned about me yep. that he slept sitting upright in a chair yep. all night <laughs> to make sure that I was okay. Yeah, and then offered and he didn't you even, a shirt the next morning. He didn't even know me. Yeah, you, you know? met like that night. No, so, he's he's that kind of guy, and he's he's the kind of male listener that we want and that we need. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Josh, for donating to us and for believing in us and for just being an all-around great human being and a great man and we love you so much we appreciate you very very much very much so guys uh we oh one last thing yeah my mom has been fucking on my ass about this shit why aren't you telling people to rate and subscribe and blah 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 mom we're doing it okay stop calling me about it (laughs) guys We need followers and viewers and subscribers and raters out there. Yeah, so if you haven't done it already, um, if you just do us a favor, it takes, you know, 30 seconds max. Like, literally, leave us five stars and be like, they're cool. Listen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just, if you don't mind, rate (laughs) and subscribe and um, leave us a review and follow us. We're on social media. Our Instagram is Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Our Twitter, which I'm trying to get on more, Same. is Yamf uh, Podcast, Y A N F Podcast. And we are on Facebook at Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Yep. So. And the other thing that I would encourage, if there's a specific episode that you guys really like or connected with, if you want to share our episodes on Facebook, Instagram, any of those things, Tell your friend about it. Send it to them. Yeah, word of mouth. Word of mouth is what we need, Mm -hmm. guys. This is something that we both love to do so much and want to do more of. And we need your help. We can't do it by ourselves. So... And we want to keep the quality up, you know, and it's hard to do that whenever we, um, you know, we have got full-time jobs and we're, we've got the the equipment we have is the equipment we have and we have to use it. And, um, so, but we so appreciate those of you who have been so like committed to us. Shout out to our listener or listeners in Somalia. I don't know who you are. Somalian listeners. We I love you. I don't know who you are, but someone in Somalia or some people in Somalia in one city in Somalia must have binged. Like, yeah, uh, must have binged because how f- they cool moved that? up. They moved up the analytics in one day yeah. from not being on the analytics at all to being our second. I mean, yeah. our third country. Yeah. So uh, our analytics go: the United States, Canada. And Somalia. Somalia! Guys, Somalia, we love you. Yeah, so kudos to Somalia. And Whoever I, is listening to Somalia, you're my favorite person. Yeah, we love you very much. Um, so with that, we, we encourage you to rage on. on. That, that was, was pretty good. Best. That was High the best fucking man. <laughs> I gotta pee. <laughs> hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.